Welcome to Tucson New Thought. I need the basket. I'll be right back. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to put more numbers in the basket. That is the call yeah, from the so community. We can just do it with the numbers that are in there, and then oh, we know. Okay. 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 Next time. Yeah, next time. <clears throat> so we're changing this up a little bit too, o only because I want everyone to have an equal shot. And when I say, "Please give me a number," and somebody yells out a number before I've even finished the sentence, I just want to make sure that there's an equal footing for everyone. So we're going to now have people write the numbers down. And I'm going to choose this one. So today, we're going to go to page 27, right at the beginning. 27 in the science of mind. One, two, three, four. Where there are four paragraphs, which one would you like me to read? Four. Four, all right. Well, it goes right in line with the song now, doesn't it? The song is Simplify, and this is the quote. This is the simple meaning of true metaphysical teaching. The study of life and the nature of the law, governed and directed by thought, always conscious that we live in a spiritual universe, that God is in, through, around, and for us. There is nothing supernatural about the study of life from the metaphysical viewpoint. That which today, this is one of my favorite quotes in the book, that which today seems to us supernatural, after it is thoroughly understood, will be found spontaneously natural. This is the simple meaning of true metaphysical teaching, the study of life and the nature of the law governed and directed by thought, always conscious that we live in a spiritual universe. It's a very long sentence. That God is in, through, around, and for us. Thomas Troward writes of the divine ideal in his uh, book that I can't remember the title of now. <laughs> uh, the, creative soul, the, the, the Creative Soul and the Individual. Um, he talks of the divine ideal, and this is, I think, what Ernest Holmes is really talking about here, as Ernest Holmes was very, very heavily influenced by the writings and the works of Thomas Troward. The divine ideal basically says what we say every single week, which is, God is all there is. Now, I tend to go towards the word love because love and God are synonymous to me. Love is a creative energy. It is all that exists. There is nothing, absolutely nothing separate from loving creative energy. And this is inclusive of each and every one of us, which is why I also stand up here and to the shock and dismay of some people, I say, I am God and so are you. Because if we think that we are somehow separate from this divine creative energy, well, separation is the only thing that creates discord and heartache in our lives, that belief in separation. And so it is important that we truly, truly settle in. It's important for me. You get to decide what's important for you. It is important for me to settle in more and more and more in every action, everything I think, everything I say, everything I do, it is important for me to remember that it is God that is doing that, thinking that, saying that. 
God is speaking no matter who's talking, which can be a challenge when you're in a contentious discussion. Anyone ever have one of those? God is speaking no matter who is talking. That's a thing that changed my life because it made me realize, oh, I get to have my opinion, but everyone else gets to have their opinion too, and I don't need to try and make other people think the way I do. In fact, there are people who misunderstand the metaphysical ministry because we're not here to teach anyone what to think. We're not here to teach anyone what to think. I'm not going to tell you, you have to believe in anything. I will never say that. I will say, this is what I believe, this is what I teach, and it's up to you to make your own decisions around that, to make up your own mind. It is important that we settle into this notion that critical thinking is important, that we truly engage in critical thinking about everything that shows up in our lives, because that is a reflection of what is happening in our minds. And so the divine ideal leads us to a divine principle, which uh, one of the, uh, my mentor's mentor succinctly explained the divine principle in these words. We are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. That's the whole philosophy. That's the entire teaching. We are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law, the law of cause and effect. How many of you are using it productively? Well, it's all productive. It's all productive. It all creates. It all creates. <laughs> how, are you, how are you in being purposeful about the way you produce? Not lately. Not lately? So you get to make a decision in this moment. Now, as we talk about whatever past things, right, whatever past things you may drag into this moment's decision, that's going to create the expression of your life. So as long as we keep dredging that past with us, ugh, we're going to keep recreating based on those past ideas. But we are each and every one of us in a place of decision right here and right now to experience something radically different, radically new, completely unexperienced by us before. Does that sound exciting? Yes. Yeah? So why aren't you doing it? Or are you doing it? You might be doing it. But if you're not doing it, why not? If you're not doing it, why not? You're the one in charge. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes? Do you so wholeheartedly believe it that no one can convince you otherwise? Oh, <laughs> no, not everybody's quick to say yes, right? The truth is you are 100% in charge of your life. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Even I have a hard time with that sometimes because I want to put the blame out there. I want to put the blame on something outside the self because it's so much easier. When things aren't going right, what can I look to out there for why it didn't go the way I would like it to go? A lot easier than actually saying, oh, maybe I need to look in a mirror. Maybe it's time for me to stand in front of the mirror and recognize and know who I am. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by my use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. That use of the law is always, always, always unfolding without fail. So it is a call for me in my own life to constantly do the work and be on top of what it is I am thinking, what it is I am believing, 
what it is I am feeling. Because those are the things wrapped together that create the quality of my life. Thoughts plus beliefs to the power of feeling create the quality of my life. Now my life has gotten a lot better and a lot better and a lot better. And I'm so grateful for that. But I had to do the work. Oh, right? Oh, you mean this is work? I don't get to just come here on a Sunday and listen to nice words and leave and it's all going to fix itself? No, we have to do the work. We have to do the work all the time. It is lovely to be here on a Sunday. I live for Sundays. This is my favorite day of the week. In ministry, Sunday is like the cherry on top of the Sunday. <laughs> I never even thought of that. <laughs> it, is the, it is the pinnacle of what I get to do every, every single week. I get to come and I get to inspire myself by speaking out loud, and I hope that you're inspired as well. Notice that I didn't say I get to inspire you. You get to decide if you're inspired. I get to inspire myself. I get to do a reading. I get to consider the implications and the possibilities for all that my thoughts are doing in this world in my life. I'm in charge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have that playing around sometimes too. I'm in charge. Well, I don't want to be in charge, but it's so good that I'm in charge, but I don't want to be in charge. We're playing that game all the time, all the time. The tendency of our thought is a lot of what Ernest Holmes talks about, the tendency of our thinking, because we can create specific demonstrations we call the product of our thinking in the world of form, a demonstration. We can create specific demonstrations based on our work in this philosophy. I'm going to pray for something, and that something shows up. That's a specific demonstration. But that one demonstration may not fix everything that is peripheral in our lives. So what is important is that we are doing the work to deal with the tendency of our thinking. Where our thought flows, our life goes, no matter what. And so it is a training tool. We are, we, are in a, we are in a training to learn how to trust ourselves in mind to always go to the way, to always go the way we would like to go. The tendency of our thought, not the one specific thought where our tendency flows. It's kind of like a, a scale, and we're always tipping back and forth on that scale. And when we hit, you know, 51%, we're tipping on one side of that scale. But the scale can easily, if we start thinking other things, we're starting to load up that other side, and then it hits 51%, and there goes the flow of our lives. And then we start working on, oh, I need to I need to reset my thinking. I need to get myself back into meditation. I need to get myself back into affirmations. I need to work on my spiritual mind treatments or affirmative prayers. And so that's going to keep doing the work. And now I'm tipping the scale again. And oh, 51%. So my life is going good. But what if we said, I'm going to make a commitment right here and right now to always be doing the work? Always. I had an interaction. It's always driving, isn't it? That's the thing that still gets me. Still gets me. So I live near Glen and Craycroft, 
and they've got Glenn all messed up right now. And you can't, from, from Craycroft right now, they have westbound traffic closed off. You can't go westbound on Glen. So what I usually do when I'm leaving is I go up to uh, Little Fort Lowell and I cut across to Swan. Well, there's a Starbucks at the Swan and uh, at Swan and Fort Lowell. And I go in there and they know me and, and our sign is down. I have to put up a new sign. And I get my beverage of choice and then I get back in my car usually and I will, you know, if it's on a day where I'm not coming to the center, I'll go home. So then I drive down Fort Lowell and then I have to turn. Well, Glen was completely closed off. And then for some reason, and I cannot figure this out, this week, this past week, they had the traffic northbound and southbound on uh, Craycroft down to one lane each between Glen and River. And they didn't seem to be doing any work. They just had it closed off. So I come down Fort Lowell, and then there's a turn, you know, there's like one of those ease, easement turns where you basically go and you try and get in with the flow of traffic. It's not a, you don't have, it's a yield, not a stop. So I turn and I'm there, and there's just a line of one lane of traffic. And I'm trying, and I see, an, I see my opportunity to come in. Well, as I'm starting to go in, this guy, he starts speeding up to try and cut me off. And I'm thinking, okay, I can handle this. I can be zen about this. And so I'm like, okay, we didn't get into a car accident. That's good. But I'm in the flow of traffic now. I'm in the flow of traffic. And now it's going to open up to two lanes. And I need to get over to the left lane because I'm now going to take a left onto Glen. For all those who watch who don't live in Tucson, you have no idea what streets I'm talking about. So just go with it. I have to make a left onto Glen, but it means I have to get into the left lane from that one lane of traffic. And so it, it does open up right before Glenn. So I start to go over. Well, the same guy, as I start to go over, he starts to try and cut me off. And I see him, and I look into my rear view mirror, and I see him going, <laughs> right? Cursing me. And I'm going to say I had a very non-ministerial response to that. <laughs> did you wave at him? I waved at him. I did wave at him, yes. You're number one, I said. <laughs> Ministers have these moments. I haven't had a moment like that in a really long time, but this was like, oh, why? He was really annoyed. He was really annoyed, yes. And then I made my left turn onto Glenn, and I thought, well, that was totally unnecessary on my part because where my mind is going, I'm creating this. Oh. I'm creating it. I'm creating the energy of that experience. Did you forgive yourself? I did forgive myself, yes. You also created. Yeah, we're co-creators in that energy, but I don't have to buy into his energy. I don't have to buy into his energy because, first of all, we are physically separated in cars. Had I never even looked, I would never even have known. He would have been having his own experience in his own car, and I could have just blissfully gone about my day. That probably would have allowed him to decide to have an even deeper reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we are the ones who make the mess in our lives. We are the ones who make the mess. And then we expect, on some level, I think many of us expect other people to clean up that mess. Think about that. We're the ones who are drawing into our experience the challenges of our life's experience. 
And we're going to keep drawing those challenges into our lives as long as we maintain that frame of mind, that challenge is required, or that anger is required, or that upset is required. We will keep drawing into our experience those things which reflect what is happening in our thoughts and in our belief system. The tendency of our thought is what is creating it all. And so as we draw those things in, we look and we think, oh, well, how did those things come up and show up in my life? Uh, that needs to be addressed. So go address yourself. Yeah, we want other people to fix our mess. We're the ones who are responsible. And just as easily as we have created those things which are drawn into our experience that upset us or make us angry or make us sad or whatever we are experiencing, we can just as easily create joy and peace and beauty. But I think we've been sold a bill of goods to say that those things are harder to create than the other things. So I think about this guy, blessing him on his way, forgiving myself for the experience that I have put myself in, and that's the spiritual lesson, right? And I think at the end of the day, his opinion of that experience and his whatever he was going through doesn't matter. His opinion of me doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The more I accept that other people's opinions of me do not matter, the better my life gets. That's a big one for ministers as well, because, oh, ministers, we want everyone to love us. We want to draw everyone in. We want everybody to be, to be, to be, to be inspired by our word. We want to fix the world. So many of us ministers. And what I have learned in my years of ministry is this. One of the biggest lessons I have had to learn is that I am not here to fix anyone, and I am not here to inspire everyone. I'm here to inspire those who choose to be inspired by me. And as I put myself out there and open myself up in a vulnerable space, the right people will always show up for inspiration. This goes with any of us in any of our businesses. However we choose to experience and show our creative expression in the world, as we put ourselves out there in a vulnerable place, we're going to attract into our, into our field those who are the right people for that interaction, no matter what. No matter what. I believe that. I believe that. The more I accept that your opinion of me doesn't matter, the more magnificent my life becomes because I am freed from a jail, from a prison that I have created in my own mind. I've decided to put up bars to say, if your opinion of me matters, that's putting up bars and saying that we cannot know each other deeply. When I put up those bars, it's all over. The relationship is over. The more I say, I welcome whatever you choose to think, whatever your opinion is, I welcome it. And I will only look upon you with love and trust and know in my heart that you are the face of God that you are the face of love. The relationships that we carry, the relationships that we honor in our lives are also very important because if we, if we understand this divine principle, 
We are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. That is true for everyone, not just me. Everyone is the same. I always say that to claim I am, I am the divine creative energy, I am spirit, I am God, I am love, that is the great equalizer because I can't know it about myself and think something differently about anyone else. And so as I experience people in the world, I recognize the equality, the inherent equality that we all share when we know who we are. When I know who I am, I must know it about you as well. But it's also important that those people who don't work for us, that we send them on their merry way. They may try to cut us off in our lane, but we can send them off on their merry way and we don't have to be engaged with them any longer. That's also hard for people. There are family members. Oh, family, right? Family. There are family members that have been cut off in my life because they don't work for me. But we have decided as a culture, as a society, that family bonds, that the sharing of genetic code is more important than that. I choose no longer to believe that. I choose no longer to believe that. Know who matters in your life. Know who matters in your life. The people who love you unconditionally are the people that matter in your life. And anyone who places conditions on love should be somebody that you should perhaps let go from your experience. We don't have to like everybody, but we have to love everybody. So here's kind of where I want to leave us today. What, is, what, considerations, what considerations are you making in taking charge of your perception of yourself and others? Wait, what did he say? I don't understand that. I'm going to break it down. What considerations are you making in taking charge of your perception of yourself and others? How are you choosing in this moment and in every moment, and this is going to be part of the work, right? Because we to, to, to do this takes constant practice 100% of the time. To move through life and say, how am I considering my place in this world? Am I truly living that divine principle? I am a divine being. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by my use of that spiritual law of cause and effect. Am I truly living this right here and right now, in this moment, and in this moment, and in this moment? And in doing so, am I considering that this is how I approach others as well? and their understanding of me and my perception of them. As I step into this knowledge that I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by, by my use of a spiritual law of cause and effect, I, know, I have to know this about everyone else as well. You are a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by your use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. I don't know, I felt I had to say that to you right in this moment and look right in your eyes. This is the infinite truth. 
because it puts us all in that place of taking true responsibility in our lives, which is not to say I am to blame for everything that I've dragged into this present moment from my past. It is to say I recognize that that's what's happened. And I am in a place where I get to decide how I choose to move forward. I don't need to carry that with me anymore. I'm in a place to truly move forward free of the bonds of anything that I have previously thought or believed or felt. So I want us each to do mirror work this week. Oh, I did. <laughs> I saw the rolling eyes. The mirror work this week is to truly step into the mirror and use those words. Uh, you know what? I'll send out an email because unless you want to write it down because I didn't prepare anything because I didn't prepare. <laughs> I want us each to look in the mirror this week and look directly into our own eyes and claim, I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by my use of the spiritual law of cause and effect. And I love myself. It's probably that last little phrase that's going to make you most go, most go over the edge the most. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by my use of a spiritual law of cause and effect, and I love myself. I'm going to say it one more time so you can all catch it, and then you can all say it with me, and then you'll have it memorized. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by my use of a spiritual law of cause and effect, and I love myself. You want to try and say it together? I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by my use of a spiritual law of cause and effect, and I love myself. That's the homework this week. I want you to say that into the mirror every morning when you wake up and every night before you go to bed. I give homework, by the way. <laughs> because one of the things we say here is we're providing practical tools for personal transformation, and that's how we awaken humanity and ourselves to our spiritual magnificence. So go prosper, be blessed, and know that I am always available to you. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.